This is the Art of Warcast, a podcast about Legend of the Five Rings, the living card game from Fantasy Flight Games. Your hosts are Tobin Opus, Carl Anderton, and Doug Keister. Episode 46, Wild Stallions Rule! All right, welcome. I'm Tobin Opus. I'm Carl Anderton. I'm Doug Keister. And I'm Jason Wallace. What are we up to today, Carl? What else? We have about a month left before the Cote, with Warriors of the Wind arriving in stores on April 11th. A lot of eyes will be on Denver, and so in an effort not to look like complete neophytes, we're getting ready and we'll talk about it. <laughs> what are we doing to prepare for the incoming Phoenix Invasion? Will Warriors of the Wind make an impact? And to sound even better, we have our Ponyman himself, Jason Wallace, joining us! Woo! Yay! And we have listener questions. Yeah, yes. us. Woohoo. <laughs> pony man? Pony man. I, hey. I read I read these, I don't write. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, no no no, wait, wait. Do you prefer pony man or one short? <laughs> Come on. I have been one short in a long time. <laughs> but you'll oh, always dear. be one short with me. Oh, dearie me. All uh, right, so uh as as you heard, uh Jason Wallace, our local local uh buddy, uh fourth honorary member of the cast and unicorn player. Not who, man. who early in the game's existence, <laughs> while he was playing Golden Plains Outpost, used to come up one short of whatever he wanted to do, whether it was break or win. I say, so that's where he got that anymore, does it? <laughs> <laughs> um, So anyhow, we have a date for Warriors of the Wind. We have a date for the accompanying novella, which Jeez. name is escaping me right now. Shinjo Shono on the uh, sand uh, the sand road. That's a long name. It's, it's not. Sure. I, I forget the name. I forget what the name of the the actual novella is, but it's Shinjo along, Shono. Along the burning yeah. sands, yeah. or yeah. maybe something, something like that. Something like that. Along yeah. the burning sands, something like that. And it's so, the it's the unicorn novella, and I'm looking forward to reading it. Right, and then the fiction that was recently just recently posted was kind uh, of a, was a prelude, a prelude to, to mm, that, yep. right? So mm. uh, I think and we'll death be reading priests. There <laughs> 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 was lords of death. Yes. Death? Oh my God. I don't know what those are. <laughs> You'll learn. <laughs> oh, it, it, oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, the U- Unicorn Chat was very excited to see that because it's just, it's like, oh, this is like the best of everything in L5R. And now we're getting the best of Unicorn rolling out for us to enjoy. It's, oh, man. <laughs> All right, cool. I can't wait. So we have both those coming in uh, less than two weeks. And I can't believe how much they were, like, everyone seemed to be so stoked over the the spoiler of Chagatai. My, my knowledge of the setting is... Um, acquired backwards i went and researched it exhaustively when we were starting this podcast basically right. i like reading law you know and so i dug in and i was like and then everyone this, this chad guy and i'm like who it just must have been <laughs> in the readings i missed it somewhere i wasn't yeah. dealing a lot with the end of the game kind well, of apparently stuff. He, apparently he was, he was a very popular card in the old game that got banned yeah and like later in its life right or yeah. somewhat later yeah, yeah. so yeah and so. It re- it, for him it really it wasn't so much lore just the fact that he was broken and had to be banned from the game right. before they were even planning on it like i saw somebody post on facebook the chat from AG, like, yeah, we normally don't ban cards like this, but he's just an NPE for everyone, so we're doing it now. As of now, you can't play with him. It's like, okay. Well, and so isn't that funny, though, that, that you have this character who is in a novel setting, right, or the short stories, whatever AG used to use, and then they release a card a mechanic in a game that's related to that. It has nothing to do with the actual character himself, but all of a sudden, the card is is banned and overpowered, and thus, because it's tied to the character, that character gets this, you know, subsequent, like, 
cult following. Like, oh, mm-hmm. Chag is it's, back. It's a legend. Right? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, 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 it becomes, urban, it adds myth, to the mythos. Right? Yeah. 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 It's a weird it's little thing. It's great. That's one of the things that I actually love about this game is that the backstory, the history, that people are bringing things with them, like their love of the game from way back. And when something comes back that they loved, everyone gets excited about it. And it's really kind of cool. It's 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 a little weird sometimes to see it, just like the the how fervent it can be. I was gonna say yeah, that's the word. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's still really fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 um it's Netrunner reemerging and someone going account siphon. Oh my god, it's back. You know? Yeah, I mean, basically that's the kind something of impression like that, yeah. I got. I was like, you know, so, now you know. uh, talking about being fervent. So last episode. We talked about the uh, Earth Roll Only card. Mm-hmm. Earth um, Becomes Sky. Earth Becomes Sky. Yep. And uh, we prognosticated, or at least I was leading the charge on prognosticating that. And we were no just letting you have run. an Earth Roll. <laughs> no one would. And but but in our notes here, we have a list of the rolls and what rolls are rotating out, what rolls aren't. And I just missed the fact that Lion has Keeper of Earth right now. So as it stands now. Unless someone chooses keeper, or unless someone chooses one of those two Earth rolls, which, as I understand it now, the ECs are done. There aren't any ECs in April. Hmm. I think um, the there's some running this weekend. When they start, oh, this weekend is the last weekend in March. So they're oh yeah. But when they start, when they well, <laughs> are we? We're still in the Kunchu series. Has that officially started? Well, yet? that's the Kote. That's the Kote series, right? Yeah. But has that actually started yet? Because in that open play article, I think it was, or in one of the recent articles, they were saying something about the fir- like the batch of ECs are done, but then there's going to be another batch starting up. Yes. Yeah, so this is the first season of ECs. So the first season of ECs in which people will be able to select Earth because they want Earth become Sky, right? Yeah. Is is basically done. There's there's some ECs happening this weekend as we sit here. We're sitting in there Saturday morning, and but but then that's it. There's there's None in April. And the rolls, so the voting, because you have a chance to vote. You don't have to vote at the at the event. You can you they have until the end weeks. of April to get their votes in. Or, yeah, so, end so of April? Like, or April 15th, something, something like that. Like that right? So what you're saying is that there won't be any ECs until after the next roll choice. Right, which is, okay. and the, and the, well, once the next roll choice is announced. Right. Hmm. Um, so that, so, and then the, those rolls go into effect on May 1st. So there's this kind of month-long period where, no tabulation time. Yeah, tabulation time. <laughs> no. in, in defense of our minor minor error there, my eyes t- do tend to blur over when I look over those listings of where rolls are because it's a lot to take in. Yes, so, yes. But no, well, going, it, okay, but, it's, you know. would would Lion run it? You know, like what is, else are they is, getting over the Lion that? would would Lion run Phoenix Splash? Did, yes, so. as long as against the waves isn't back oh, on the yeah, restricted point. list. Well, That's true. Yeah. That's true. The, okay, fair yeah. point about that. But if you take Phoenix the way it is now, you've got. A pretty aggressive faction, right? At least, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been playing the the good stuff Phoenix deck. It's a pretty aggressive deck. It it it's a province breaker, right? Right. So, there there is there are cards in there that could benefit Lion. Oh yeah 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 no so no I'm saying that so that I think it's it's maybe not the first choice of Splash, but it, if you add in Earth becomes Sky, maybe it becomes a one point five or a two level yeah choice yeah, yeah. okay mm-hmm. possibly higher okay. maybe. All right, so we'll see play, and that's that's, and I guess my main point of, you know, you have these. We're we're kind of voting a little bit blind. We're voting with with a lot of things out of focus and some things in focus, and we get so so focused on those things that we have right now mm-hmm. that we're 
not allowing for the possibility that those that there's going to be an argument to yeah i need to go away from ua and i need to go to something else because i want earth because right. i want these other cards well yeah that there's a possibility for that and as the ec voting happens we can only vote with based on what we know now yeah, the, no absolutely. one knows what so when we hit may 1st whenever the new role choices come into effect we'll have warriors of the wind and the crane pack and yeah, maybe and, the crane pack yeah yeah and, well, I would well hope shortly we after yeah okay well, it'll, maybe could, uh, could be or yeah, shortly thereafter yeah I mean, depending april on 11th, fg's release schedule it may happen about the same time or a little after or a little bit before who well knows? but april 11th to have the crane pack like only two weeks later, that's probably not. Fair point. Happen. Fair point. Yeah, You're right. Show, I would show. give it a month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So middle of May. So you'll you'll get the new role choices and probably hit the crane pack right thereafter. So or we could skip the crane pack. I'd be okay. With that too. <laughs> <laughs> just, I don't know. Like just skip the doji uji. Yeah, we, we don't need we don't need more duels. <laughs> I okay. When once that pack hits, I'm gonna seriously consider building a dueling deck. I haven't done it yet. I, uh, doing doing a crane dueling deck could be fun. For now, I'm enjoying playing Phoenix. Sorry, crab folks. <laughs> <laughs> See, on the on the front of the kind of blind choice of the roles, too, I was thinking about this the other day and realizing that looking at the decisions people have made or when they've made arguments for them, because, you know, this discussion's going on all over the place all the time. You go into any of the forums, everyone's all, mm-hmm. where do we go? How do mm-hmm. we do this? You know, um, What I saw myself was the most common thing was not changing the character of a clan. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it took a long time to Phoenix to go, holy cow, we can just go hit people. We've just got firepower. We can just storm in and beat the crap out of things. We don't have to mess around and dissemble right. and screw with them. And when they did, the stuff was there and the choices lined up for them well. And whereas, like, say, um, Scorpion's still dancing around this controly stroke, mostly dishonoring thing, which is perfectly fine and works for them. Mm-hmm. But it's taken a while for stuff to come in and go, no, wait, we can just go hit things. It's fine. We can go fight stuff. So I'm wondering, like, something like Lion, is there, is there stuff in Earth that says to Lion, before we knew about Earth and you know, uh, Earth and Sky, Sky, would they would there have been would there have been anything that says, yeah, this is right in our style, this helps us out, this does our thing? Well, not really, no. Right, it's kind of interesting, but, right? You know, but now because you might want you might you're you might be the only clan that has access to that particular card, mm-hmm. that you go, okay, that's a character. How can we yeah. leverage that? How can, can is there a way that we can make that? A piece of a puzzle that has yet to be even created. Yeah, does well, that become part of our DNA now, and we and we end up as we focus in that kind of playstyle? It's an interesting yeah, idea. Yeah. yeah. You know? So yes, yeah, so that's that's definitely exactly what kind of what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. My thoughts on like whether Lion would do a Phoenix splash it sort of fit in with that. Phoenix has gotten more aggressive. Oh yeah, be much more aggressive. Lion is the Lion is a very aggressive faction, and so I think those could dovetail, especially when you have things like Angel's Crone that is becoming a staple in lion decks. So doing more political things, aggressively political, you know, uh, conflict decks could be could be a thing that actually fits in with the overall theme and playstyle of lion. Yeah, I mean, if you if you're going all guns out, you want to go all guns out on both right. conflicts if you can. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so we don't know what the meta is going to look like. We don't, you know, we've got these we've got these clan themes that everybody wants to preserve, which is great, which is absolutely fabulous. It's one of the things that makes this game really cool is that there's these clan identities. But those clan identities are going to evolve, and we don't necessarily know how they're going to evolve because no one knows what happens when, once we have Unicorn Pack, Crane Pack, and new roles, what does the meta look like? Yeah, it's... I mean, we're all getting new cards, let alone each of those factions. I mean, that's, so, and that's yeah. like the theme of 2019, right, is Ooh. meta shift. <laughs> <laughs> 
Shit, or yeah, just just Earth, uh, just the Earth uh, moves beneath us, right? It's only the beginning of Carknado. <laughs> yes. yes. Really, really just you can yes. see the storm clouds gathering, it's, right? It's beginning to gain steam, and <laughs> well, the wind the f- will start. The first, the first wave of Carknado is full of ponies. That is going to be that's going to be a flock of cranes <laughs> coming in and you know cleaning up the. Uh, <laughs> first, you have ponies in the air spinning around, dropping all their stuff. And then you have cranes in the air. Like I just envision a whole lot of us covered in dog. Like and, cranes would horse be dive and, bombing. Horse and bird feathers crap. And feathers. <laughs> it'll, it'll be cranes <laughs> strafing the battlefield. <laughs> or, or instead of Sharknado, it's... We're going to a different game Crane-nado. style. Crane-nado. Crane-nado. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Pony-nado, then Crane-nado. Okay, so... But... <laughs> right. We digress. <laughs> <Let's> but, <laughs> but, but we're not really, because okay. I, what I was about to bring up was then add into that uh, the inheritance cycle. When does that start? When do we get the first pack of that? Uh, Mayish is what they were saying. Now this so is all what you're saying up there, in the air expect, now, right? If you expect a mumfish after in between in between two packs because eleventh for the warriors, right? Eleventh of April for the warriors, right? Mm-hmm. So around about eleventh Mayish for the um, crane pack expectation. Expect a month after that. Or is so it so hit the, same the original the original yeah. timeline that that Tyler talked about in Spain was uh, March for unicorn. That hasn't happened. It's going to be a couple of weeks off. April for Crane, and then Inheritance starting in May. And that was all he gave. Mm. So I have no idea if Inheritance is starting in May. Don't I, My yeah. my suspicion is with Jason, I doubt the Crane is going to come in April. Yeah, that's been I think we back, have the first or second week in May would be perfectly reasonable. And yep. then I have no insight as to when Inheritance there, might I start. Mean, there is a possibility that they might release you know a a cycle pack and a, a clan pack in the same month and they might have to to meet yeah. the, to meet their production schedule who knows but for now i would assume that it's going to be one product a month like ffg likes to do yeah, yeah yeah so i would expect that tobin's right that we'll see uh crane in may and then inheritance in june but whether 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 we see the, those both in may or they see one in may one in june whatever Again, more meta shift. Yeah. So yeah. these choices that we're making with the roles, based on what we know now, it's anybody's game in three months, right? Interesting to see how conservative we end up going, as it were. Right. Like you know, what 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 we certain right now will be good no matter what happens. You know, mm-hmm. you know the, the 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 safe call over the interesting call. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and that then that leads to the to the kind of the thrust of and, and one of the reasons we invited Jason on here is we wanted to talk about getting ready for the Denver Cote and. Uh, how we're each preparing to play the game that we want to play and represent ourselves uh, not and, and ourselves as individuals, but also this podcast, because I don't have any besides talking to you on a weekly basis, Jason, <laughs> I don't know much about how Unicorn plays or, you know, what they're thinking or so on and so forth. So we wanted to have you on here to give a little bit more robust discussion about what what now stands as four different clans, because. Doug is playing Phoenix. Doug is orange. He's dripping. Boo. <laughs> I, I, hey, might as well. You might see him in a spray tan. I'm still it, that gray blue at heart, though. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I'm, I'm currently a disguised Bushi. There you go. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. No, it's maybe, you're Tadaka. maybe you're Tadaka. Maybe you're Tadaka. Yeah, he can be You're Tadaka. <laughs> No, no, no. It's more, it's, no, no, no. It's more like Yakimo disguised as something else, <laughs> although he doesn't have the disguise keyword. That's true. That's true. Okay. So, what are we all thinking? Uh, you know, what do you what are you thinking for your decks? What do you think for your approaches? What do you guess the the meta is going to be for I, the Denver Cote? I think it's going to be kind of tough. I think we're going to see a lot of Phoenix because 
I believe Anil's coming, right? Mm-hmm. And he's playing uh, yep. Phoenix right now. I'm not sure what you know some of the other major players are playing, but I think we're going to see a, a good Phoenix representation. So I'm expecting to be kind of part of an orange wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But for my for myself personally, I'm just hoping to finish in the top 50. <clears throat> percent uh, But yeah, I think we're going to see some some good players coming in with, and some top players coming in with Phoenix, and and we're going to see a fair bit of Phoenix in the cut. But if you look at the what was it? The most recent EC. Though okay. It wasn't the wasn't the last? Uh, what was it the not the one that's going on this weekend? Obviously, but was it? Um, you mean Paris? Yeah. Grand Cote. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was Grand Cote. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking of. Yes. Grand Cote. Yeah. There was some Phoenix in the top, but didn't a crab win that one? Mm-hmm. Oh, the, against our Shogun. Yes. This crane against crab. It was a yes. great match to watch. Yeah. So you get you had some you had crab winning it. So you had some crab in the top cut. You had some crane in the top cut. Uh, there were a couple of scorpions and a couple of dragons in the in the cut, weren't there? One one in top four, one in top sixteen, I believe. Yeah, scorpions. So I think we've got a kind of a diverse field as clan wise, and we've got a lot of strong decks. Now the 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 phoenix deck that I'm playing, I don't think is necessarily stronger than crab or dragon or crane necessarily. It's competitive with them. The edge that it has, though, I think, is that it's kind of an NPE to play against. Mm-hmm. So it can kind of set someone off their game a little bit, which kind of maybe could give it an edge, yeah. depending on if the if you've seen that deck a lot or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how I found a lot of the Phoenix ones. Is if you hadn't encountered how they were doing things, it was definitely jarring. Yeah. Shall we say? So th- I think there's going to be a wide competitive field to get amongst those clans, and who knows? We could see something else. You know, we could see some dark horse. You know, come out of nowhere. Maybe there's something. Maybe someone comes in with an interesting lion deck and and does good and makes the cut and does you know. If it happens, it'll happen here. Is what you're saying? Maybe it's Colorado. I don't know. You know, after all. Well, <laughs> with with the addition of new cards, things shift. Yeah, totally. You know, if if you see if we see a we could see a lion support of the unicorn that does something really monstrous, right? Yeah. Well, so well, who knows? Well, yeah. The so lion was the only clan that wasn't represented in the top 16 in Paris. And okay. I'm looking here at the numbers, the clan representation. I would be am- amazed if we got 168 players here in Denver. My guess is it will get somewhere between 70 and 100. But Phoenix had a 35 people out of that 168. A full fifth of, of, the, of the, well, very, very one short of the fifth. Yeah, very nearly a quarter. Right? Yeah, like, so, yeah. that's insane. And, and that's then actually Scorpion follows up with 31 and crane with thirty-one, and then crab, lion, unicorn, and dragon. If we mi- so Phoenix is it's going to be blip, dripping orange, right? right? So if <laughs> we and if we see that those sorts of uh, breakdowns, those percentages at Denver, that's going to make it really hard for me to do really anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, well, you might have a lot of mirrors. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. As and mirrors are hard. Yeah. Yeah. Mirrors are hard. I think you have to build mind, oh, though with Paris is it's the European meta. And the state's meta is completely different. Right. No, no, no. Because that's and why there's all this scorpion uh, came from the shadows. I don't know if you listened <laughs> to... Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if you listened to the Hidden City Roller Derby podcast, but that's something that they've been talking mm-hmm. about a little bit too. And I think uh, Jade Throne has mentioned it a couple times also, that the European meta is vastly different than the than the uh, well, American and, meta. And the Australian meta, where they have like no dragon players. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which would be so nice. <laughs> where, you know, where the, and one thing that the Hidden City Rollers mentioned is that the uh, the American meta is kind of a ultra efficiency in your deck. You know, tweak it and tweak it and tweak it and make sure that it runs as po- as efficiently as you, as it possibly can. Whereas the European meta tends to be a bit more 
I'm going to take a few contingency plans in here. Or Maybe make the bullets. deck a little less efficient, but have answers to some other things. Right, and, and Imperial Advisors talked about it. Like, the, it's, it, is, it is a thing. I mean, we see that difference. We've talked about it locally with other players. Oh, yeah. The, there's two different approaches to the game. Uh, one, and, and I think derisively, that's the, the thing is U.S. plays to win, Europeans play to not lose. But I don't know that that's the case. I think you put it pretty well, Doug, where you said the U.S. plays is focused on efficiency and repetitively and, la- and, and reducing variance, where Europeans uh, introduce just a little bit more toolboxy kind of things. Right. I find and that, that can be seen in the deck list. The, the recent Imperial Advisor, they broke down the deck lists for the top 16 in mm. Paris, and they did a great job. I find that interesting because I was just going to say, talking about Doug, Doug's making a comment about, you know, a whole bunch of people turning up to this Cote with these various decks, so I don't think I'm going to do too great. And so if you are approaching a Cote in, in the idea of, like, I'm gunning for the top four, or at least the top eight, yeah. I think the European mindset makes far more sense to me. I mean, yes, the, the efficiency ones means you'll, you'll win as many games as you could win, right? Mm-hmm. But if you assume you're trying to get into that top part, what you need to do is to beat the best guys. And an efficient deck plus your skill set is probably not going to be enough to me. You need something to go, and I've just thrown your game plan. Right. You That's need see, you need you know, a just a, a very different thing. Like, oh, I wasn't expecting you to have yeah. assassination, or I was expecting you to have assassination, and so they're trying to play an, around an assassination, but you don't have it in your deck. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this game this game right? folds when you make that kind of error. Right. Basically, so yeah. you yeah. so you their your their assumptions about your deck um, are forcing them to play a certain style. When you've said, yeah, you're assuming that I'm playing the meta deck, but I'm not, so I'm playing a little off meta. Some people play extremely off meta, and that can either catapult you to the top, or you'll be finding quickly finding the bottom. Because <laughs> when we're but, talking about prep for the event, I, mm-hmm. um, I've been doing my research recently, and the Paris one helped out a fair bit. Yeah. There's basically three major archetypes in Scorpion Bouncing Ground. One of them because of the Paris one, but mm-hmm. it's an extreme version, and I'll get in a second. We've got Dishonor. Dishonor's still around. We've still got Keeper of Earth. We've still got um, Backhanded Compliment. We can mm-hmm. still bomb perfectly nicely. The Shinobi side of things is going into full-on aggro. It's copying Phoenix and just going mm-hmm. covert break every last damn thing as fast mm-hmm. as you can and just burn out or don't. You know, which I'm edging towards because it's fun. Um, <laughs> the third sure. one is something I've been messing around for an age, which was basically the, the um, board state, don't be ridiculous, deck. Where right. it's basically just killing off the opponent and guys. Now, I've been trying it for quite a while with a couple of different cards. If you notice, the Paris one just goes, you know what, all in. What do I what do I have that will kill the opposing guys? What can what toys can I take that are efficient and will kill the opposing things? And every last thing in there is simply a knife. It's all daggers. It's all like kill the guy just wants no one to have no board states. Right. And that's a, and that that's the kind of thing that make, makes me wonder I mean that's one that's the scorpion that hit top four, I believe. Yeah. I think he, he had one one big loss against Shogun, basically. Yeah, and I don't know if that was the Shinobi deck or not, but the no, Shinobi it's deck is non Shinobi. Well, that's okay. the thing. It's on, much more traditional. On that okay. point, I, I've seen a I've seen a couple of decks kinda like that on Jigoku. Mm-hmm. Uh one of the things that I've gotten hit with a couple of times that has been a major hindrance for me is stolen breath. Oh yeah. It'll, yeah, that 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 yeah. can that can put a damper on anything I'd bring to do <laughs> <laughs> as yeah. Phoenix. Yeah, well, and stolen I mean, breath is the attachment that doesn't allow you to participate in political, political battles. Yep. Yeah, okay. oh yeah, political conflict. Yeah, yeah. So interesting to see that there, that kind of deck there. If it wasn't for I think the warning that Paris has now given us, as it were, because it's so it's so all in. It's not just going I'm going to kill people. It's going killing people is what I do. Right. Deck basically, and almost nothing else. Right. Like, all of the tools have gone. So so you're getting so you're taking this. 
kill, kill, kill approach? All I'm, in? I'm between that and Shinobi. I really can't settle properly. I've played both. I've tried them both out. I've tested. I'm like, uh, don't know. That's a kick. I've got to decide now. Right, and get, right, and get tuning. Right. I know, but I'm like, probably not on a bomb is my. And then probably, probably not the honor one. Probably okay. not on a bomb. And what about you, Doug? You're you're all in on Phoenix. You're gonna. G- uh, it's where it's it's. It's a deck that I f- I'm kind of comfortable playing right now. Uh, you know, Phoenix still is wh- one of my less favorite clans to play, but uh, I feel like I can win with it. Okay. Um, Are there any cards in either of the decks that you're still like wondering? Yeah, is this the most efficient one? Is this? Or, or what are your? Wh- as headed into this last month, is there anything you would you're looking at changing in either of the decks? Um, I've considered adding assassination to the deck, uh, but the way <laughs> the way that I've been running low on honor a couple of times recently, I'm really debating that one. Right. Uh, I'm glad I rubbed off on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. So what was it? I, Jason it was, has a local reputation, as you've heard on this podcast, of going very, very low on his honor. I've done that a couple times, and there was a game that I was playing on Jigoku the other night that was absolutely fabulous. I was playing against a crab player, and it was a knockdown dragout slugfest to break provinces. And I was I, I was on his stronghold, and I lost through dishonor because I needed cards, and I went five, and I wasn't thinking, and it's like, oh, crap, and then it was over. But it was a really, really good game. Yeah, and I had a very similar game against a um, uh, gentleman, uh, Doji, Doji Meshu. Uh, he's a crane player. He's, I think he's a, I'm pretty sure he's a listener. So Doji Meshu, uh, it was great to play. We had, a, we had one of those games where crap i just didn't quite let him break anything right and then he slowly does it and he slowly does it and he's honoring his guys and i'm and then there was i think he had three shots at the pilgrimage stronghold and he couldn't do anything and and he was just like have i mentioned how much i hate this <laughs> <laughs> have i mentioned how much i hate playing crab i'm like yeah i know it's slugfest I especially get it. pilgrimage on the I stronghold totally understand. Oh, yeah, that's and, yeah. you know and i and and um so then i turned around and I managed to I managed to protect the the stronghold one more time, and then I went into for Frostbitten Crossing and won. And he's just like, "Son of a bunny, right?" But uh, so yeah, there's there's those where your deck just your dynasty deck just seems to do what you need it to do at the right time you need it to do, and so, and even if it doesn't, you can weather that storm. Uh, yeah, you compare dealer, that right? to a game yeah. this morning that I played Lion, where I have eight holdings in the freaking deck. I got a Karata District first turn that I hung on to for a while and then by the time i got to 17 cards left in dynasty i think this is like five or six turns in i looked and my next holding was still six cards down so the seven my seven remaining holdings were in like the last dozen cards i was like what are you talking about and when you rely on those holdings to come up Mm -hmm. um it's it sucks but so variance is a thing playing on jigoku and getting these games and getting these reps in Allows you to evaluate your cards a little bit more. Jason, anything? You're obviously going to play ponies. Obviously going to play HMT. Yours of the four of us here. Yours is probably going to change the most in the next couple of weeks. Is uh, that true? It's so painful. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a mixed blessing of us getting our clan pack 
two weeks before the code day, but at least they'll be legal. So just right, time right. to be legal, but time, and yeah. the minimum amount of time to actually do anything with them. Because yeah. we're we're getting a new stronghold and new toys to play with. I mean, uh, Curved Blade, of course, is going to go into it. I, I can guarantee that. that. That card's bonkers good. Trading the sand, sand, sand road. Yeah. Is that going but in? That, that requires testing. Uh, but we've already, in the Unicorn Show, we've already discussed it, like, how can we play with cards where if someone plays that against us, they can't take our cards, but we can just take all theirs? <laughs> yeah, that's Cause, true. Because curved, curved Blade's are like one of them. It's like, oh, you have five katanas. I've got Curved Blade. I'll just take the five katana to my guy. Oh, you can't take a Curved right. Blade. <laughs> right, right, right. But playing, like, like thinking about some of the more traditional unicorn cards, you're talking about Cav Reserves, right? Mm-hmm. That's not going to be necessary for somebody. Um, not ready for battle, but oh, I am ready. I am. Is that, is that there, there's a, a lot. There's been talk of, especially the new stronghold, because you just print money in mm-hmm. the late game, uh, especially with our six coster. You know, like oh, I'll have three fate on him, and now I am ready. I am ready. I am ready, mm-hmm. and he just can wipe the board. I mean, he's a six six, right? So he can win either complex. But I'll be going to HMT because I think three. Complex a turn is just too damn good to pass up. Yeah, bluntly. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's so good, but that's the, that's going to be the issue of like anyone that jumps on the unicorn bandwagon. There's a new stronghold, and you have two weeks to play with it legally. Is that enough time to really test it and play it out and figure out what kind of deck archetypes? Yeah, I mean, hell, because of children in the empire, GPO's back. People have been. <laughs> yeah, I've played it's, a couple of GPO it, decks it, lately. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. people have, have have a great success with Unicorn Tower decks again, and especially with the Sentry. It's like, oh, we just move our guys in, and they're honored, and high glory is not an issue. So, right. yeah. That's why the kill deck is so tempting. He's like, big tower guy. Yeah. The, you're talking about the outskirts Sentry? The outskirts Sentry, the one coster. Yeah. If you move somebody in, you can then honor someone. Mm-hmm. Once yeah. If you move somebody, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, because we have favored mounts, uh, Tatsuo, there's Shinjo so, Ambusher. Well, Am- Ambusher's I've, not someone that moves in, but he really helps with the Phoenix matchup. I, I've seen, I've seen <laughs> Ambusher used really well against me. <laughs> it's a good card. There, there's been a few games on Jikoku where I'm attacking the Phoenix Stronghold. It's Kori Mori, and they pass as their first action. I'm like, okay, I'll just play my Shinjo Ambusher so I can cab reserves. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't had that one happen to me yet, but... I have had that happen on non-stronghold provinces that the Shinjo Ambusher comes in. It's like, oh, um, well, crap. Yeah. So, so you're gonna stick with the uh, with HMT. I'll be HMT. What characters? Okay, Curved Blade. You've mentioned mm-hmm. any other characters you looking to excited to get your hands on? Shinjo Trailblazer. Uh, which is which one? So she's the two coster two one. Uh, while she's attacking, if the province has been revealed, she gets plus two plus two till the end of the conflict. So she becomes a 4-3 on the revealed attack. And so early game, that's... Smash break. Smash break, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, that, just, a four-strength yeah. is going to break most provinces in the game. And, you know, it's a two-coster. So I'm not going to... I'd probably play her without fate. So it's like, if I attack, that's good assassination bait. So you're not going for my other low-costers. I'm not sure about Chags, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, that, and that's probably going to be a more controversial view, and that's just because he's like we were talking beforehand. Yeah. I think he's one of those characters that it's not like a Tadaka, it's not like a Kasada, it's not like Ujina, where it's very clearly strong. I think in his case, he's good, 
And then if you can work the game state to a, such a point, he might even be more powerful than those characters because he's not exhausting, especially in HMT. Yeah, you, you but, get him set up right? and he will steamroll. Yeah. But one thing that we've seen a lot of, we've seen a lot of these cards that appear like they could be strong, they could be they could be binder fodder. It could, seems like they, that card could go either way. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of finding the right synergy in your deck, and then it just, like Jason just said, steamrolls everything. Yeah, he's he's a setup card. If if you get the situation, then he'll do nicely, which is good to play against. And to be fair. so the question is, how easy will it be to set that up? Yeah, if it's embarrassingly easy to set up that situation, he's going to become a staple. Yeah, the dragon and, tower situation. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, and looking at the Chicago Cote from day one yesterday, where they have two Cotes this weekend, right? And yesterday, there's 46 players, 28% or 13 players, Phoenix, and then eight, Dragon. So almost half the field is Phoenix and Dragon, which oh means... My God. <laughs> yeah, oh, and, and that's and that's the U.S. meta, so that's what I expect more for our code day to be here in Denver, even with... And there might be a bunch of unicorn bandwagoners, so to speak, but I'm expecting a lot of Dragon and Phoenix yeah. seeing that yeah. there because people are going to play with what they know, and... So to me, that's uh, that's to me broadcast two things. One, Cloud the Mind will be everywhere, and you you still should expect attachment hate. So, and that's where mm-hmm. I see Chags is like he's going to get clouded. And, I mean, I'm used to that, and you know, if he doesn't, get cl- if, if <laughs> he doesn't, I'm used to that. I'm yeah. used to just, you know. Well, and, and, but are. if he's getting clouded, then that means my Tetsuko doesn't, and I'm perfectly happy with that because <laughs> I'd rather her not be clouded over him. But then it's like he's a five coster, so it's like. That leads more towards you're using charge as your restricted card, and he's just around. And then if they waste a cloud at him, great. And if not, but you know, again, that my problem with Unicorn has been, and I saw this at Worlds, is the Dynasty deck still just needs a lot of just better cards to make them more consistent. And I think this pack will finally set it up so we could have a lot more consistent Dynasty deck. And you know, because th- it kind of hurt the way the game works is. Unicorn is more reliant on having good dynasty flops than I think other clans. And we just haven't had consistently good dynasty cards. And now with this pack, we get influx of good dynasty cards like a Trailblazer, Chags. What yeah. do you think about Wild Stallion? Uh, Bill and Ted, baby. <laughs> say, does he rule? Yes, or do they rule? Yes. He, he fits in the. So he goes into the, the GPO deck, it seems he, like. He, he goes or G- maybe HMT, G- too. Either one, because. Uh, the, the movement tricks, especially with uh, the trader, he'd be great with that kind of shenanigans. But mm-hmm. uh, the recent success with Unicorn and Elemental and Cotes has been uh, with Lion Spat- Splash and the this, this strength in numbers sending people home. And the Wild Stallion helps with that strategy very well. Yeah. It's like, because that's something that can happen with HMTs. Like, people defend with one or two and early game, that means you're not a number and you're not treating your stronghold. Well, the Wild Stallion. Could be like, oh, I'm homebound. Let me just come in. Now I'm now un- outnumbering. The problem mm-hmm. with him is he doesn't have cavalry, which makes right, me right, sad. right. Well, he's a he's a, and to be clear, he's a creature. It's a one, one fate, one military, zero political, zero glory creature. He's a very pretty white horse. Uh, no attachments, so you can't cloud him. <laughs> um, yeah. Action during a conflict in which this character is not participating. Choose up to one other character you control. Move this character and that character to get the conflict. So basically, the horse is going to carry. Another yeah. another person. To I'm, I'm hoping yeah. to, that w- one thing I really want to see at the Cote is at least one unicorn player wearing the Bill and Ted's Wild Stallion <laughs> shirt. <laughs> Please, somebody, make it happen for me. <laughs> I think we can go further than that, but that's fine. <laughs> and so, 
what do you think of there's there's these three cards we had some questions about these three cards I'll I'll go ahead and talk about them these were the last three that were unknown out of the Warriors of the Wind and um, fortunately or unfortunately for us uh, someone opened a pack in Europe somewhere and uh, one of our listeners provided some pictures uh, there's a three cost uh, zero zero military three political character it's Sadia Almozedu. Uh, two glory, courtier, Gaijin, scholar. She Unique. has sincerity. A dynasty card. Mm-hmm. Action, discard a card from your hand and choose an unbroken province not currently being attacked. Turn that province face down. So that goes to, she's a zero three. She It goes to the courtier builds, right? The, the unicordier builds that will definitely come back after our pack releases. And, and she's going to be key to that. Yeah, without any doubt. And, and what does, does that ability seem... Good. So, especially, I think with Seeker role, just in general, it's like you can discard a card to basically get a free fate when they come back to that province, as long as it's not broken. Uh, but also, Konzordu, our fire province we're getting, mm-hmm. she makes it, so it's on, on a reveal effect, so she makes it so, oh, I'll play a card, and it flips back down, so if someone attacks you again, oh, there's three militaries again, or, you know, potentially five Six oh, that's Konzordu is the one that's like when it's makes, revealed, makes, when it's revealed, makes everything makes military, the, makes it a political if it's political or military. But all conflicts are military for the rest of that phase, regardless of when it's declared there. So yeah, she that's monstrous, yeah. So you could defend that. Uh, she comes out the next turn. You flip Konzordu back. Unless someone's got really good military stuff, they ain't going to attack there. <laughs> but then if you're playing Keeper Fire, oh, I'll just Talisman in the Sun. We'll reveal it. Oh, look at that. All military. Again. Yeah, yeah. So those kind of shenanigans are going to be really fun to, to test out. Okay. But yeah, some of the local Unicorn guys are going to be delighted by that. Kind of <laughs> you know what's interesting? <laughs> and it, she's got it, sincerity. It doesn't, it doesn't, exactly. I mean, it doesn't specify whether or not she has to be on the attack or the defense. Nope. Nope. So, no, uh, she, she, so she can be at home. It's, yeah, she can be at home, and it can be between, right? Because it's a, an unbroken province not currently being attacked. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. it's between conflicts. It's not We're part. not being. Well, no things being attacked right now. Let's flip yeah. that one over. Yeah, it's, right? it's, it's, it's partly to prevent mechanical issues of you doing it during a conflict at that location. Oh, yeah. Right, and then you can do uh, what I was thinking was border fortress rally. Like yeah, you or, could, or you or, could yeah. flip rally to the cause back over. Use it on Border Fortress. Use have Border Fortress and use rally, rally again, again. And, and all these really stupid, weird, <laughs> unicorny, tricky. Just things. more tricks for us. I, yeah, I think we're yeah. gonna be more tricky than the Scorpion. <laughs> I was gonna say I like that card particularly because it does go. You know all those things you liked because they fired once and hit people. It ain't once. Yeah. You know I mean that's yeah. just be- just good good set design, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hadn't seen Spoils properly. I'd seen the Stallion. Uh, Spoils is monstrous. Spoils <laughs> of War. That's, that's yeah. Holy cow! Yeah. <laughs> that's just so Spoils of War is a zero cost. Uh, action or zero cost event? Sorry, event it says reaction after you win a military conflict as the attacker. Draw three cards, then choose and discard one card from your hand. A max one per conflict. So yes, please. So and you're it's two influence. It's two influence. It's conflict card. So very splashable. So is that, ooh, is you that? win a military. You play this. You draw three. You discard one. Yeah. So you're going up by one card. You get it's a plus one card. But that you're fishing three to find win. it. That's the king. You're fishing the top three to find the card you want. Right, solidly good. You filter cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah you filter great. cards. It's great. And you could discard. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's the, the, a plus the one, Phoenix uh, conflicts. Uh, Psalm Scholar? Is that no. Psalm Scholar is a dynasty card. Who's the, who's the one that 
flips cards. Oh, uh, a shrine maiden. Shrine, shrine maiden. maiden. Yes. So it's kind of like a shrine maiden, only when we win a military conflict, which isn't hard. Mm-hmm. Except we get to choose. We don't have to worry about all our good stuff. <laughs> yeah, discarded that's true. By yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, blunt, bluntly, if that was in if that was in Scorpion, it'd be like you know, for, for even for military, give. Go, yeah. go, go find an answer for mm-hmm. winning a military. When it's yeah. not even buying the amount, it's just win a military right. by, by, while attacking. Hell or, yes. Or we saw with Eric Torres locally play with favored niece of how good that yeah. can be. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cycling is. Yeah, yeah just you just cards. cycle cards out. So Niece is one of those thorns because I don't actually like the character. I just love that effect. And wasn't there, <laughs> so, wasn't yeah. there, we were just talking about there's a, there's the lion splash and unicorn where the, the attachment where you, if you're tr- going to trigger water, you don't trigger water. Instead, you put this attachment on a character. Spoils of war. Not spo- that's not spoils of war. That's, oh, that's the attachment. <laughs> <laughs> I can picture the Vic. I can see that in my mind. <laughs> uh, I think I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen it. It's a lion before. attachment. It's a lot. Oh, the, the three pl- plus three military? Plus three military lion attachment. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's is that the cost? honor blade? No. no, not yeah. the honored blade. It was something else. It came out in children. Oh, but oh, you, oh, oh instead oh, of tri- oh. when you win the water, when you win the water ring, instead of triggering water, you you take this out of your discard pile and put it on a character, right? So that's so there's some cycle, there's some symmetry there, there's some synchronicity yeah. there with discarding cards, putting them in your in your discard oh, pile. Restored heirloom. Restored heirloom. That's where it is. You are making. I mean, I was I was going to say when I first saw the card, that's well, Lionel like that. They can just win a little military. But you're quite right with all the ancestral style tricks they mm-hmm. have. Ooh, that could be a thing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, geez. Yeah, so there's a little bit of a little bit of synergy there, and uh, so that those are interesting. Now, well, and, and it's just kind of this new theme with uh, Unicorn of discarding cards from hands. Komoko gave us that, and now this new courtier we're getting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, discard cards from hand for other effects. Uh, which, you know, I think that's a pretty neat design space to really make Unicorn a, little, a lot more different than Lion mm-hmm. of like, you know, we don't really care about our hand as much as other players. <laughs> true, uh, true. But, but you know, Spoilers of War with Spyglass could be really scary mm. to play against. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or oh to my use. Because yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, I'll just draw all these cards, win, and then Chags goes and draws more cards with Spyglasses. Oh, it's Spoilers of War again. Oh, I went through half my deck. Okay. Right, right, right. <laughs> And I was at I I wasn't bidding a lot, but I am at five honor, so I'm gonna end up losing because my deck is gone. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say that that, that Scorpion actually, Mill one's still hanging around, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've actually gotten to that point before with Phoenix, where I was looking at like a, a low honor situation, and I had like two or three cards left in my conflict deck. It's like, uh, I guess I'm bidding one, and. <laughs> And hoping that I can get a little honor back so that I don't kill myself when I need to reshuffle. So that uh, that's actually kind of a thing too. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and we, yeah. We were mentioning dishonoring earlier, by the way. This you know one one of the shinobi builds I'm looking at, and some I'm gonna get this wrong, but the crab one is it spreading the darkness? Yes. Lose yeah. Lose two honor. Mm-hmm. That's in there for the um, honor. Screw that. Let's kill things. <laughs> Let's break stuff. Yeah, that'll help. That'll break stuff. We mean you mean you have another covert shinobi getting plus four military? Yes. Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. And <laughs> I, I think spells of war also kind of opens up for unicorn with spyglass and that to not always have to bid high and lose to dishonor, which is right. You know, yeah. can can be done. It's like, or they start, they bit potentially do a dishonor type build with this kind of support. You know, they bid one. It's like, oh, but I'll just draw with spoils of war, spy glasses, and you keep bidding five, but I'm still keeping up the card draw because that's one mm-hmm. of the disadvantages mm-hmm. of, you know, bidding lower than your opponent is like, well, they get the card advantage, but spoils of war and spy glass will really help close that gap quickly. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. Cool. Now, there were some things announced, other things announced by FFG. They talked about this with uh, their, you know, repurposing and rebranding of the open organized play stuff. And so here are the kits. The kits were just announced, and it looks to be awesome. Just stressing casual play. All the all they get it, they did it for almost all their games that I can imagine. Yeah, pretty much anything it would make sense for. Yeah. Yep. And then um, so you if you can play eight games a month, you'll get all the cards. And yeah. there's some uh, some great stuff in there. Now one of them is Frostbitten Frostbit Crossing, mm-hmm. Air Roll Locked. The other one I think is Upholding Authority, Goblin Sneak, Goblin yes. Sneak. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's uh, right. Yep. And then yeah, so and then I think there's Upholding Authority was the other province, right? I thought uh, that was a different. I've pack. got the article up. Oh, there. okay. That might be more the premium one you think. Uh, we have month one is censure and frostbitten crossing. Month okay. two, goblin censure. sneak, feast or famine. Feast or famine. That's uh, right. Month three is four shame and rally to the cause. All right. Because nobody plays with those cards, right? Yeah, <laughs> nobody plays with those cards. So yeah, those are and they're and they're looking good. So they're really stressing the casual play. Which I think is it'll great. work. Which I think it'll awesome. work for us because we have a small, passionate group playing on our Wednesday nights. But we don't, like, we call it league, and I think that might dissuade people from showing up sometimes. So if we just say... Open play? Open play, open play, casual L5R, and just Come play. Come keep play. it like that, yep. and that'll help set us up. Yep. So it'll be pretty cool. Um, you know, speaking of things, league and uh, cards and stuff like that, when I was at Total Escape this last Wednesday, something interesting arrived. A couple interesting. What's what? What's that? I did the not. Scorpion pack. Oh really? Oh uh, cool. Oh, the stronghold. Yes. The, 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 kit? the, 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 the scorpion yes. kit. Oh, oh yes. my gosh, that's those awesome. play mats. Oh. <laughs> what, what play mat? Amaro. Amaro. Okay. Cool. Yeah. The the Amor. It's the it's the the Amaro art just big and it's just oh, it's big pretty. with the scorpion mod it's right next to him but it's pretty <laughs> also there's five five million cards in there Incredible. oh yeah it's <laughs> just drowning in the damn thing this was yeah. the kit that was supposed to come with out underhand of the with release. underhand of yeah. the emperor mm-hmm. right okay yeah. mm-hmm. it's 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 hit the stores and then i just we were there and like do you have the new season kit in and then like and we have this I'm like oh Oh hey! Wow, very nice. Yeah. That was after I left, I guess. Huh? Yeah, it was. <laughs> this is why you should stay <laughs> till the <laughs> end. So <laughs> it is. Well, I had, a, I had a tired, tired young man <laughs> who wanted to go back to bed. He's, he'd been done. Spring break is rough. Done playing Keyforge. Yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. So we have. So if if you have a friendly local game store, urge them to get these casual kits. Yep. I've been yes, told yes, that they're yes, yes, very, yes. very low cost. Yeah. This, this is like the cost of a magic pack to your store. It's ridiculously cheap. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah. have them get it in and hopefully you can drum up some drum up some activity. And they and those kits, the ones that I've seen come do come with just a metric fuck ton of cards. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just they, right. it's like here have go. have all these all these you know extended art you know full bleed cards to just give to people. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. great. So I'm looking forward to the open play. That's going to be a lot of fun. Totally, totally. cool. So uh, we the answered listener questions. Um, I asked some listeners on Facebook for uh, things they wanted to know from us, and so John asks. Compared to other FFG games you've been involved with, how healthy is L5R at this point in its life? What do we think? Let's start with the obvious one. No no LCG is Netrunner. 
So that's the first comparison. No, not, many, not as many people are playing L5R as playing Netrunner, but that's right. probably no, never going to happen again because right. it was a huge, huge game. Netrunner was the the most popular LCG that I think any of us have seen. Period. And I, I yeah. mean, it was starting to rival the big CCGs. It was right. getting there, you know. So and it it had themes in it that really resonated with a lot of people. Yeah. The the problem with the other LCGs that we have, and probably any LCG that comes after it, it's going to be hard to tap that, to get to that level of in, in community engagement again. Zeitgeist. It yeah. Zeitgeist like perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was. I guess I was trying to avoid using Zeitgeist, but oh. you know. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. But the 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 game just spoke to a lot of people. L5R isn't that. Yeah, so it's not reasonable to compare L5R to Netrunner for starters. We can say well, that's, and, and so. so here we are. We're sitting... There There was a slightly different format, so they had deluxe expansions and so on and so forth. But basically, we're two cycles into this to the life of this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's healthier than Conquest. Conquest had three cycles. Yeah. 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 I was going to... Com- it feels... It feels it was, right actually now, it might be right about where it feels early first. It feels Warlord cycle right now, mm-hmm. where there was not an absolute outpouring of growth and enthusiasm because Warlord was a little calmish until things picked up. So early conquest, but there's actually there's more going on than I might have expected with it. With us having karma patches, you yeah. Know? Like it's the other on the other end of things. Sorry guys, it's not Game of Thrones. Yeah, which, which you respond with what's that again? Because yeah. that game has has ha- gone on right. hard times. No, yeah. the, I well, think this is this is the the level of attendance at the ECs, the level of attendance at Cotes. I mean, look at Europe, 168 people, right? Like that's that's solid. Well, yeah, but even if you look at the old, if you look at the old CCG, old old five R, and and the new and the LCG. Those both of those games were more more popular in Europe than they are in the United States, and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but we what I'm saying is that L five R is is I think in a stronger position than Conquest was, stronger than Game of Thrones. Definitely stronger than Game of Thrones. Because um, you think about not game as of strong Thrones. as Netrunner, but Netrunner didn't hit its stride until until after the MWL hit. I would argue that that it was good and it became great. But at this point in its life, Netrunner, two two cycles in, Netrunner was still a very niche game. Interesting. Yeah. It would seem more pervasive to me um, then than L5R does now. But this is all, yeah, a lot of this is built on the end anyway. So. Different, different I, think, I think if you go back to Bin Cycle for Netrunner, which is was uh, the second uh, cycle for it, and maybe a little bit past that to what was the second uh, deluxe for Netrunner? Uh, honor, cri- and honor and profit. Yeah. You, so yeah. If you, I think if you look at honor and profit, that that time frame, I think Netrunner was probably a little more popular, but then L five R is, but not by that much. It and after that is it 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 was on an upswing and it kept going on an upswing. L five R is on an upswing, I think it's it's growing, and we're still kind of in the early life for an LCG. The card pool is still kind of limited. It's getting better, mm-hmm. but. Once once we get a, a card pool where there are, when we can talk about more than just the Phoenix deck, the Crab deck, the Scorpion deck, the whatever deck, mm-hmm. you know, when there's when there's multiple archetypes, multiple strong archetypes that have that all have good support, maybe we'll see 
a little bit more of a groundswell. Maybe we'll see more people get into the game. And and I would argue that we're right at the cusp of that. I mean, there are multiple types of I dragon right. decks. There's multiple scorpion. There's multiple unicorn. There's multiple um, and multiple phoenix. There aren't multiple crab. There aren't really multiple lion. And there aren't really um, what's crane. Crane, multiple crane. Crane, crane, is, crane is more crane or less settled. Crane, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> crane will be different. But so there's four that have multiples, and some of those four have a few multiples. Yeah, and then and then there's three that don't. And then there's another thing that we've discussed before that plays into this. This game is complex. Notice I said complex, <laughs> not complicated. <laughs> Yeah, I that was a long <laughs> discussion last time. Oh, I yes. said complex, and I mean it. Is it a complicated discussion you mean? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> womp, womp. A complicated discussion right. about a complex game. <laughs> it's it's a complex game. Netrunner had an, a lower barrier to entry than this game does. Yeah. Yes. This game is, even though Netrunner was asymmetrical, you had to learn to basically play two different games in order to play the game. Uh, this game, I think, has a higher barrier to entry because while the mechanics are simpler because it is symmetrical, the chess-like nature of the game uh, makes it harder to get into. So I think it's going to have slower growth yeah. than I mean, Netrunner did. The way you can look at it there is is for, for probably the most complex LCG they've done overall, taken as a single player's mental weight, Yeah. Um, combined with a setting that is... Right down the middle for some people, half the population goes ancient Japanese anime-ish. Screw that, and the other half goes give it all, <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And add on bluntly um, the the previous history of LCGs. I mean, honestly, Netrunner's lost put a chilling on all LCGs in the That's in the popular in the popular opinion. Compare that to how much support FFG is putting on this baby, because FFG yep. wants this to work. That's right. pretty plain. Right. I mean, uh, from a retail viewpoint, trust me, the amount of shit we get regarding <laughs> 5R is pretty clear. They're trying to damn well make it work. Yeah. So if that is a barometer of your of the health right now, I'd say it's pretty good. Cool. I, th- I do think they cool. want to try and make it as popular as Netrunner. Yeah. I mean, without any doubt, why not? They've had it happen once. Yeah. And so they're, they're, they're really pushing. And the, this, the open play stuff is going to help that. This problem has a casual problem. Somewhat so, yes. I mean, so, and the, the casual open play kits are coming right. in to help us get so around. So Old 5R was very much a tournament game. There, It was pretty hardcore. Most of the player base were you know, kind of you know, hardcore tournament players. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of casual play in it. I tried to learn the old game at, at one Gen Con that I was at. They were, I went to the AEG booth and did a demo of the game. And it's like, this is a great game. Holy fuck. Fuck! I don't have the brain space <laughs> for this game. <laughs> this is a good game, and I cannot play it. Yeah, which yeah. is not an unreasonable thing to have to get around here. So there's always been kind of a, a lack of a, a real strong casual scene from from what I've experienced, anyways. So building a casual uh, environment for this game will help. Totally, totally. Yeah. What do you think, Jason? Um, <laughs> You've been quiet for a while. Well, j- just real quick, as far as health of the game, I uh, Tobin touched on it like. We've had a restricted list already, and I think that was a lesson FFG really learned from Netrunners. Like, you can't let NPE cards be around for too long for the health of the game. Yeah, when they yeah. when they emerge, you have to because because we talked about this at Total Escape with Eric. Like, he he wasn't around before we had our this first restricted list in L5R, and he's complaining about the NPE of the Dragon Dueling deck out there, which it is a true NPE deck of you. Oh yeah, sit there and you just lose honor left and right, and there's nothing you can really do, mm-hmm. but 
at you guys' interview with Tyler, and we know that there's a pulse in the game. They'll they'll watch it, and we know that hope hopefully in the next month or two there's going to be an updated restricted list to keep things going forward. But before that, like with policy to be being everywhere, mm-hmm. I think the game was oh, going yeah. in a bad spot. But that and knowing that they're going to keep updating the restricted list, I think is what's going to keep the game healthy. And yeah. and those it's it's insane how much policy debate being in every game was just a little it's every it's a little cut it's just a little cut and and eventually but it's a death you, by a thousand cuts yes death yeah. by a thousand cuts mm-hmm. so if if you players have those things happen and if uh and this is a weighty enough game that you're just like come on man i'm in a military conflict you got a courtier with three zero zero military three political I'm like, how, what, how, how are we going to get into a policy debate, right? And then then you're going to lose your whole hand. (laughs) Yeah. And and I lose, I lose two honor or something and I lose my two or two or three of my cards because you do it three times. And that's just, you know, so the game, they, they paid attention to that and they're paying attention to that. They, they know Tadaka is a bad thing, whether he gets restricted or something else gets restricted that, that, well, he already is restricted, right? Or he he already is restricted, but whether he gets banned, I guess I should yeah, say. Yeah, do something else. Or you oh. do something else to the Or to RL. make Phoenix actually have to choose something for the restricted cards. That, yeah. that, that yeah. is what my guess is what's going to happen. FFG is very reticent to ban cards. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I've heard a lot of people on Reddit saying that basically uh, they feel that banning a card is an admission of failure. I've never seen it my way myself. Well, I think it's pretty pretty plain. You but, bought something, you can't use it. There, there they is, don't like that. There is a percentage mm-hmm. of the community out there that will feel like the game has failed in some way if FFG bans a card. So, And they're saying that in public, and so I'm sure FFG is kind of paying attention to that. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't surprise me if there are people within FFG who feel the same way. Yeah. So I think we're going to see two, possibly three more cards for Phoenix hit the restricted list. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that leads to our next question. Alan asks, what are your thoughts on Tadaka Gate and the supposed Scorpion weakness after the results of the Paris Grand Cote? Does it affect your thought on what to expect in Denver? What was the Scorpion representation in the top 16 again? Well, like we half? right here. Yeah, so that's my thoughts on that. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Okay. Very confused face is the answer. It's, you know. it, but it's your uh, five. Okay. I, I am there not were five scorpion. Um, How so many phoenix in the top? Uh, four. Four in the top 16, five scorpion. But two of the scorpion played each other. Exactly. Right in the first round. Um, they ended up losing. So there were, of the five that started in the top 16, two made top eight, one made top four. And the top two were uh, a crab and a crane, right? Yeah. Number one, number two. Well, as you mentioned as well, the scorpion end up running into each other. Respond there. Of course, it's perceived weakness. That's what we do, guys. You know, seriously, (laughs) I'm not seeing anything here at all. That's that. That I think is a non-issue. But right, quite right. And and the scorpion decks that the scorpion decks that I've played against on Jigoku, yeah, they are they are difficult. Even you know, and I'm. I'm not the greatest I mean, Phoenix yeah. player in the world. <laughs> exactly, just from the colors. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not the. I'm not the best player in the world. You know, I'm not, certainly not oh. the best Phoenix player in the world. Just turn the uh, but yeah. Dragon gives me problems. Scorpion gives me problems. Yeah, they're still they're still strong. I think yeah. honestly, Phoenix coming, can give me problems. Phoenix coming up right now, despite the fact that yet yeah, Darker isn't asked to play against. None of us like him apart from Phoenix players. We get that, and he really is. But. Phoenix coming up, I think, has been a really good thing because now there's definitely three major problems. Well, wait, Crane, four major problems. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Unicorn's coming up. Oh, wait, we're balanced again is what you're telling me. That's, uh, yeah. Oh, I don't, don't forget really... Crab. <laughs> right, well, and, and, and the Scorpion player in the top four lost to Eric, who is the reigning Shogun yeah, and exactly. a Crane player. So Crane, yeah. 
Ukraine in its state right now being played the by one could say the top crane player you're most likely going to lose. And I'm, I may or may not be right here if I read this right. That particular deck is the is the crazy kill one I was talking about, which is Scorpion is that, yeah, okay. Crane, which is the even more fun yeah. part to run into the Ukraine <laughs> Shogun and go, oh, crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I think he's running a Scorpion Splash in that deck, isn't he? Oh, God, so it was <laughs> a reverse mirror match. Nice. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah, it was very much that. Well, And this discussion in Discord channel two afterwards was like, okay, so everyone underrated Scorpion and Unicorn is overrated. After seeing the results of Paris. Yes, basically. I, and that's what a lot of us in the Unicorn chat were like, yeah, that's what we've been trying to tell you guys. Don't think we're the Unicorn yeah. is really good yet. Yes. Well, yeah. and that's well, why and then gonna, up, I'm well, going to go yeah. back to my statement from earlier this cast. The Phoenix decks that are out there, that the, the basically the good stuff build and the, its variations, are competitive. And yes, they are an NPE, but they are not necessarily the strongest thing out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... and I put it as like if you have a win rate of sixty to sixty five percent, that's pretty good. But that means you lose thirty five to forty percent of the time. Yep. And you can lose at that top side. Yep. Uh, right. You're one loss in the day. I mean, I don't know I don't know the I, I would pull up the final stands, but Eric lost at least one game and it might have been the only game he lost all day and it was the finals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right? You can easily have one loss and you don't win the tournament. And it, because your losses in the finals, and and that's the way the game is. That's fine. What scares me a little bit about top sixteen is nine players are Phoenix and Scorpion. Yeah, but the the whole the whole idea is I'm I'm a statistician, so taking one data point, and yes, this is 168 data points within one, but it's you can't draw conclusions, and you can always look to confirm what it is you're thinking. Oh yeah, look, Unicorn is strong. They went six and zero. Oh. A player went six and zero. Oh. oh, Scorpion is weak. Ah, they didn't win, but you got five out of your. But Scorpion yeah. is strong. They got five out of sixteen in the top sixteen. So yeah. there's that confirmation bias that you're always fighting against. Right. Yeah. Um, totally. totally. So. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. So How does it affect our prep? I don't know. <laughs> well, you have to look at the recent ECs and Paris and whatever the most recent Cote previous to that was. Mm-hmm. And and you have to take a large sample size. One Cote, one EC. One tournament is a very small sample size. The percentage error on that small of a sample size is enormous. Yeah, and we just yeah. we and but that's the only data we have, so that's why people are right. looking and, at and, it. Totally. and breaking news for Chicago, Unicorn finished second. Damn, there you go. Best Cote result for a Unicorn and Dragon won. Dragon, no won. shock there. All right. so. yeah. For top four, yeah. it was Unicorn versus Phoenix, Dragon versus Phoenix, and then. Both Phoenix got limited. <laughs> well, you see, that makes my point there, is one of the few conclusions I think you can draw about recent stuff, and it's not based on one Cote or one set of champions or anything, mm-hmm. is the upwelling of Phoenix, both in how well it's done and, as you said, how straightforward the built and how easy it is, relatively easy to play. Yes. So if in doubt, someone's going to go, well, maybe I should try Phoenix. That's what so I did. that's what changed my view on what to prep mm-hmm. for. So. And interestingly enough, what I think we're seeing is Phoenix became Ascendant and... Some top players Good switched usage. clans to, you know, Anil and Shen decided, oh, we're going to play Phoenix because Phoenix is the best deck out there. Now people are attacking against it. Yeah, exactly. So now we're into the into the third level of the metagame, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, we're getting, in, we're getting into that, the, the sort of the counterswell against that. Mm-hmm. And so people are learning how to play against Phoenix with what they've got or, or learning how to attack against it to change, change up their deck builds. Yeah. And so it's getting, it's starting to get to the point where and this it will and we're not there yet, but I think soon there's going to be a point where Phoenix becomes like 
what I sort of feel crab is like these days. Where if I pl- if I put down a crab deck, my opponent knows what I'm going to do before I do. Has expectation at least. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so Phoenix has not to gotten to that point yet, but there's a chance of it getting there. Mm-hmm. Because all of a sudden, Phoenix became the new hotness. Now everybody's like, oh, well, I don't want to play Phoenix. I'm going to play my clan, and now I need to play against Phoenix. Yep. And as I was saying there, the idea that um, you people now, to a degree, you have to think about playing against the people who are ready to play against Phoenix, as yep. it were. That's the that's the third level down. Is the, Hold on, what are people teching to go against them? And right. then the other fun aspect is going to be the it's Unicorn pack race. comes out, and lots of people want to play Unicorn. <laughs> and for those of us that have been playing since Core Set, now that we're, we're getting a lot of good cards... Our power level has gone up, yeah. but then the people that have never played Unicorn before, you can't just pick up Unicorn and I play tried. <laughs> <laughs> and expect to be good. It, it, they are fun as hell to play, but they are difficult to pilot. And, mm-hmm. and there, there is and no autopilot was, mode for Unicorn. That was a surprise to me. I thought Unicorn was going to be one of the easier clans to play, and I was wrong. <laughs> you can't just get on the horse and tell it, take it where you want to go. Wait <laughs> And, and for those of us that parts. struggle through the course set, that's what I kept telling myself, like, once I get cards, I'll be a good player. Once I get cards, I'll be a good player. There you go. All right, we have a question from Sal. Uh, he asks, as we saw, Moto Ch- Chagatai was spoiled. Where does he rate on manliness in the current story based on his art? If not number one, who has the toughest looking art? I'll I'll jump in on this one. I haven't actually <laughs> seen his artwork yet, but if your short name is Chag, then it's probably fairly manly. <laughs> well, you've seen his artwork; it's all over the place. It's, it's, no, on, the pack, honestly, it's on the pack cover. I honestly, haven't. It's, it's the pack cover guy. The, my week has been in insanity. I have but not it's the pack got cover. To this. The pack cover has been. I glanced at it briefly. It was that's a dude been in the out horse. for months. Um, a dude in the horse. I would compare him <laughs> to Amoro's art, actually. Like they're both pretty manly, rough looking. I mean, if we're talking manly, there's an easy answer for the entire Tadaka looks good. Uh, I think Asana's number one manly. It's the Berserker. The the Berserker is the manliest thing we have. I'm thinking, yeah, Kasada is (laughs) very... He's he's the mountain that walks. Exactly. (laughs) You don't get more manly than that. So yeah, lots but of he has a big there. shoulder thing. It hurt. It overcompensation. We're in the forty k yeah, exactly. area. No, no, no. Exactly. It's, the thing is, is that's not overcompensation. <laughs> one of the things about Kasada is, is that, that he is one of the tallest, <laughs> most broad-shouldered pe- person people in Rokugan. In Rokugan. Yeah. he is known for being. <laughs> A giant among men. There was a great image going around Physically. of this, um, I think it was Eastern European and Russian bodybuilding thing, and it's a bunch of guys who are beasts yeah. like going along, and it gets to the end, and you look up and go, and next to them is a mountain. It's like four casadas stitched together, I swear, I swear. It's like, what is that kind of deal? If you've watched Game of Thrones, and you know about the <laughs> yeah, mountain oh yeah, from Game of Thrones. Yep. Yeah. He is yeah. a big fella. <laughs> that was, is, that's basically what Kassad is But he's not Kassad really manly like. anymore. He's, you know, the walking dead. <laughs> well, before he got turned into the walking dead, that's yeah. sort of... This is all linked into the crab style anyway, what you're talking about. So, so Chags is very manly, but there's also a lot of other very manly cards out there. <laughs> and we as experts on masculinity can make this, de- make this declaration for you quite clearly. Yeah. All right, Casey asks, and we've addressed some of these already with our previous discussion. Casey asks, are you disappointed with Chag's boring, unimaginative ability? He asks, do you think Spoils of War is an auto-include? Critics say it's just a net plus one card with a restriction of a military victory needed. And how does Sadia Al-Muzadu get printed as a 3 fate zero three two glory character? I'm getting unicorn core flashbacks. So, first one... I don't know if it's unimaginative, Casey. As I said, I think he's he's one of those where if you can set up the board state, 
He can be very strong. It just, as Doug said, it depends on whether or not how hard that board state is to set up. He's he's got a support ability. Mm-hmm. Support abilities are very important. Yeah, yeah. He, so they're not flashy. Yeah, they're not. So it's something that could be very strong if you can get the other supports in place to to really steamroll. Okay, is he boring? Is he unimaginative? I don't. I wouldn't use those words. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, not he, he, he not every yeah. not everybody can be Isawa Ujina, mm-hmm. who has a just a the very stupid. balls out, stupidly <laughs> yeah. good, just oh my god, that's amazing ability. Yeah, but he also so, has the psychological effect of you have to deal with this, otherwise bad things will happen. Yeah, and and that's like and that's the thing with him is that's one of the first real unicorn cards after Tatsuko where it's like you need to deal with this, otherwise. If you don't keep that in check, it's going to hurt yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. only boring and unimaginative until it's rolled over you, you know, basically <laughs> ended the game. So, yeah. And so uh, Spoils of War, is it an auto-include or not? I'd say, I, my guess is it's probably two of. Yeah. Also include no good, yes. Three. Three? Yep. But I also cut Spyglass a while ago, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but and you're running HMT. So yeah. I, think, I think in an HMT deck, it's probably three. Yeah, an HMT, just because, like, I break, but other times I just win a lot of military conflicts and to filter my conflict deck quicker. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to say no to that. I mean, yeah, yeah it could, it's you could say it's a net plus one card, but that's a net plus one card that gets to my cab reserves that much earlier to yeah. close out the game. Yeah. And I right, guess, and it, exactly. people people talk about bidding five. Why bid four? But because bid five for that another for that one more that other card, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, yeah. Right, that one card could make the difference. So right. plus one is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. Right, is is this card essentially um, copies four, five, and six of a good of another great card you've got? Probably. Is that worth it? Probably. Yeah. yeah. yeah I guess it depends on the unicorn player and what and how they're building their deck. If it's yeah, totally. if you're building a deck that is heavily dependent on your conflict hand, then then this is probably a good card to have, so you can filter your conflict hand. Mm-hmm. Or or a unicornier will definitely think about ah do i really want to play this because right they, those are more political based or the switchy corn as they call it mm-hmm. where it can go either way and i think right. that's where you're gonna have it'll be a two of or maybe not run at all because we've we're also getting uh speak to the heart which mm-hmm. you know for political it's like yeah we, we could actually consistently win with political conflicts and not need hmt mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. and so how does sadia Almozedu, he uh, Casey obviously has an opinion. He, I don't think he likes Sadia as a <laughs> three fate zero three idea. two. But I, you know, as we talked, there's some trickiness there. She does have two Gora. She is a character, she, or sorry, a courtier. So she can you can honor her, and she would be big as like two five is nothing to sneeze at. It's mm-hmm. also our first mm-hmm. sincerity right? character. Yeah, there's one. Yeah. Really, it's, it's so first sincerity character. Okay, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what his uh, Casey's deal with this is. Well, I think it's the zero. It's also the two glory. Then the two glory. Y- y- she gets this under. She's a potato. She's a zero. One. Yeah. So, and her her ability one. is good, but it's not backbreaking good to justify. And it's kind of a like province it, it, archetype. Province like selection. You, you, you need temptation. to have the province row mm-hmm. that yeah. really goes with on reveal effects, and she needs to be built around to go yeah. in a deck. She's she's not on the standard unicorn build. That is not a reason to discount her. But yes, a certain build goes, no, don't want that. Yeah. That's fine. That's how card building I, I, I think she opens up for decks okay. that have yet to be built. Yeah. So totally. so she doesn't fit into the quote-unquote unicorn deck right yeah. now, whatever, whatever the current meta deck is. That's going to be a keeper Basically. fire. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> but I think Jason is probably right that you know maybe it, they can't just print cards that are good right now. Right. Mm. They have to. They have to develop cards that are good five sets from now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I can, <laughs> if I can summarize out of uh, disagreement with you, you say I'm getting core unicorn flashbacks. Yeah, some of those cards are really freaking scary. <laughs> some. <laughs> yeah. And then, last but not least, our old listener Stefan uh, asks. Can you do a Keyforge podcast? <laughs> well, it depends on if Tobin is willing to edit it or not. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I, I, I do. Uh, I take the lead on a lot of the stuff for this podcast. I can't take the lead on another one. And we've we've also discussed it, right? We've we've bandied about. We've done some Keyforge episodes, but there's some Keyforge podcasts out there, and because of the nature of the game, I'm not sure. We would find a good style, yeah. I'm not sure, good it's niche our for ourselves. Yeah, we love the game. We love the game of Keyforge. Like, oh, yeah. we play it regularly. I play it on Crucible. You know, we we talk about it. We do a lot of cool things with it. I play it with my son. I play it with with a lot of folks. But I just when I whenever I think about what would I talk about for half an hour, I can't come up with anything over and above what other podcasts are doing. I yeah, mean, there's so. only so many times we can interview Richard Garfield, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> true. true. We, we only get to do that as a surprise once. Um, <laughs> I would say uh, we do have the new set coming up, so when that hits, we can we could certainly do a, mm-hmm. look, it's awesome, we'll, we, we like this game, yay. We, and we probably yeah. will. Yeah, yeah. totally so. Yeah. I will mention, okay, since Tobin dropped this one the other day, I'm actually going to start doing a bit of streaming in general. Very I've, cool. I've got, a, I've got some um, on-screen stuff ready. I'm going to be doing a test across this weekend. I've got a camera on the way, so I'll be doing some physical stuff as well. And so I'm, I know Jackie and I are going be running some Arkham Horror games, LCG, Excellent. under the camera. Sweet. We'll do nice. some Gloomhaven. I may as well do some Keyforge stuff, because that's really easy to do as well. So yeah. expect yeah. that, I guess. It's yeah. not quite all of us, but it's me. Yeah. <laughs> so. so if you like Carl... <laughs> Don't say that. I want people to go to the channel. <laughs> um, the, in addition to uh, the Discord League, which is consistently happening, now by the time you hear this, uh, the signups for the Discord League 15 will have closed. But that's a regular option if you want to get into some Jokoku uh, training, some more formalized stuff. Uh, our, our previous question asker, John, uh, he was running a tournament called the Jokoku Training Grounds. Uh, we'll provide a link to the signups and to the information in our show notes. But that's a good one for people who are still acclimating to the game or acclimating to the game on Jigoku. And so signups for those close on April 7th. And as someone who is kind of new to Jigoku and still getting used to it, it is a very different game than the the physical game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you miss triggers. And even though the thing triggers yourself, you're like, yeah, pass. Oh, I just passed on my dynasty phase turn one. did that. I didn't do anything. (laughs) I uh, Uh Or you did into two. You're like, I have 15 fate. Um. (laughs) I accidentally, wait, wait. I I clicked one too many times. Shit. What what you're telling me is this is definitely a game where the console commands (laughs) pop up every so Well, (laughs) you can't. I try to avoid them. There's one glaring weakness, unfortunately, is it doesn't. There's no way to manually replace the card that's supposed to be on the province. Mm-hmm. Ouchie. So okay. even if you play a card out, like if you make that mistake, and then you you can drag and drop a card from a province into play and put fate on and so on and so forth, but you can't replace that card onto the province. Interesting. Until the next uh, regroup phase. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Jigoku, like, don't get me wrong. The Jigoku developers have made my life so much more fun. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. That's the one thing. 
I'm happy to work around it. Not, yeah. a, not they're, they're a big deal. <laughs> they're adapting something that's not exactly simple. Oh, no, so. no. Yeah, it's it's in, insane. Um, we would like to thank all our Patreon supporters. If you're interested in supporting our efforts, check out patreon.com slash artofwarcast. I promise to have some information about the event on Friday night. No, oh, I've put in some calls to a place called View House Centennial. I have not actually gotten to talk to anybody yet. And, it, it you know, the first few times I called, it's like, oh, I call. I remember I had a good time and I call nothing. So more news later. I hope more <laughs> news later. News coming. For those I people who are stuff. coming to the Denver Cote, we are planning some sort of get together. Yeah. We, so <laughs> we just don't know how many of you are coming. We have no idea. Or where it's going to be or what's <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> and also thanks once again to Jason for joining us today. Indeed. Thanks yeah, for cool. Me. Ponies. Ride like the wind. <laughs> I thought you were going, wild stuff. Excellent. <laughs> if you would like to join the discussion, have ideas for future episodes, feedback, or questions, you can contact us at artofwarcast at gmail.com, via Twitter at artofwarcast, via Facebook, or leave a comment in the episode's comment section. Please review us on iTunes. It helps other Rokugami find us. Thanks for listening. And remember... Honor is deadliest weapon. Excellent. When the pack comes out, next episode can be be excellent to each other. <laughs> <laughs> yes.